I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, July 22, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Today was a very narrow range trading day. The high to low was about 15 S&P handles, but the majority of the day was spent just spinning the wheels in the sand back and forth in a span of a few points. So we can't really gain any valuable information from today. But we take a look at the daily chart and we know that we have to look from a perspective of what jumps out of the chart? What are the important things on the chart? What's the first thing that I notice? The first thing I notice is the trend. The trend is up. We're above all the moving averages. The second thing that jumps out on the chart at me is Friday's candle. It was a fugly candle. We talked about that over the weekend. Finishing near the lows leaves everybody guessing. We talked about the fact that the IWM is teetering. We'll get back to the IWM and discuss it in detail a little bit later in this video. So from a visual perspective, what do we get out of the daily chart? We get the uptrend. It's above all the moving averages. We get Friday was an ugly candle day. We get that Friday was an ugly candle day. But there certainly isn't anything conclusive on this chart for the bear case. And the bull case remains the same. We're in an uptrend above all the moving averages. Until and unless we close the day below the important number that we discussed over the weekend, that is now the line in the sand. The other numbers don't matter as much or nearly as much as the 295.48. Hourly closes trouble, daily close below 295.48 and will likely first stop will be to go down and fill the gap over here. However, that's a negative That supports the bear case, a close below 295.48. So that's what we're watching out for on the daily chart. Until and unless that happens, the market remains in an uptrend and there's nothing new on the daily chart. So therefore, why don't we go down and look at some of the other charts in the SPY so that we can use the other charts for two reasons. A, we can see where the trend is on those other time frames. And B, we can use them as a learning experience because they all sit in different positions in terms of the technical analysis of the SPY. By the way, before we move on, I took the line off the chart already, but you'll notice where and around where the low of the day was, it was still around that gap that was filled. The gap was filled on Thursday We had a very, very nice rally away in the northern direction from that gap, yet we had a failure on Friday, and today, Monday, we stay down in that area of the gap. The longer we stay down in this area, the more the market, at least from where I sit, is telling me that it wants to trade again in a continuation move lower. Until unless we begin to trade away from it again, away from that gap again in the northern direction, there's likely some trouble lurking in the market. But again, we don't have enough information on the daily chart. That's why we have to look further. Let's go down to some other charts and start there. Then we'll 
throw it around the horn a little bit and look at the other markets. Might as well start at a very small time frame. We'll start at the five minute chart. Here is the first candle of the day. This is the 935 candle on the 22nd, which is today. So the market went up and it went down. Really wasn't doing much. It was a little bit of an indecision market early in the morning. We went back to test the lows from Friday and then basically grinded higher the remainder of the day. A very slow grind higher. This is what I was talking about before. When you look at the market from here in here, you'll see that we traded in a very narrow range the majority of the trading day. Off the morning lows and the majority of the day, the majority of the afternoon, the market traded in a very tight range. That tells me that the market, meaning the market participants, are waiting on something. What are they waiting on? There's a couple of things that come to mind. If you're a news consumer and you like to follow the news and link the news to the market, here's what the market is waiting on. And by the way, we didn't get any information from the five-minute chart. We're going up to a 15-minute chart. And what do we see? We see that we're essentially below all but one of the moving averages. That's interesting. That tells us that the short-term trend, we can see very obviously, the short-term trend is down. Are we trying to break above this trend line? It appears so. And there's more of a bona fide trend line. And it does look like, on the 15-minute chart at least, that the market is breaking above this downsloping trend line, which gives it somewhat of a positive bias going into Tuesday. That's just observing what the 15-minute chart says to me from where I sit. We took a divergence. Let's get back in our lane. We were discussing the couple of things that the market might be waiting on. Well, I believe Thursday, the ECB is going to come out with an announcement. This plays into a couple of things that we've discussed before. So let's put this little side puzzle together. We talked about central banks, easy money policy. Why are they doing this when the U.S. markets are at an all-time high? little bit of a head-scratcher. We talked about Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is in Europe. It's in Germany. It's under the auspices of the ECB. Maybe they see something smoldering under the covers. We talked about the fact that Deutsche Bank seems to be a house on fire. Maybe they're trying to get out in front of a problem. And when they do that, and we've seen this before, we saw this with the financial crisis about 10 years ago, instead of one country trying to deal with a big problem, what they've done is had a consorted effort between central banks around the world, the Bank of Japan, the ECB, and the Federal Reserve. If, in fact, they're trying to get out in front of a problem like Deutsche Bank or something else, we don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Complete speculation, just saying, if they're trying to get out in front of a problem, then it's completely feasible that the market is waiting to see what the ECB is going to do on Thursday, which will give, essentially, some kind of a tip-off to what the Federal Reserve will do next week, when they have their interest rate announcement, is it going to be 25 basis points or 50 basis points? I think the market has talked itself into the expectation of a 50 basis point cut. So if we do get it, is it a sell the news event? If we don't get it, is it a sell the news event? Is everything crystal clear or as clear as mud? 
Those are the couple of things that the market could potentially be in that holding pattern waiting for some more Kabuki theater. Here's something interesting on the 15-minute chart. We're getting back in the 15-minute chart lane. Looking at the chart, what jumps out at me on the chart? I looked at the chart for no more than two seconds, and here's what I see immediately. I see the fact that this chart has not been able to close above the high of that breakdown candle. I think that's interesting. We can't know if it'll be meaningful leading into the next trading day, but it's interesting nonetheless. They could have. They made an attempt for it. They spiked above it, got above the moving averages, and failed. It's interesting, but at the same time, what are they doing? They've been formulating essentially some kind of bull flag pattern. It's a little sloppy. It's not a real clean bull flag pattern, but we do have a move higher, and then we have some consolidation that went on for a long time today, and that can certainly result in a continuation move again in the northern direction. What do we see when we pull up a 30-minute chart? It's the same thing as the 15, obviously, but you can see that this flag pattern that may be developing is a little bit tighter now all of a sudden. All of a sudden, it looks more like a bull flag pattern. So now what comes to mind? In my mind, I'm going back to the last chart. I know we couldn't get above the breakdown candle high. When I look at this chart, I say to myself, are they just working their way to get through that breakdown candle high? They haven't been rejected at it. They've stopped at it, and they went sideways. So to me, that says they're trying to grind their way up and through that breakdown candle high that we saw on the 15-minute chart, which is also the same candle right here. That's what it appears to be from where I sit. What about when we bring up an hourly chart? Do we see the same thing? I don't see the same thing. Now I see a chart that's below all the moving averages and having a difficult time getting up and above those moving averages. Had every opportunity to do so and close above there during the trading day today. They spiked above it and were rejected. So I have no choice but to look at this in the bearish sense, saying they're having trouble getting above the moving averages. Will the shorter term charts prevail and allow the market to pop up a little bit getting above the hourly chart moving averages? It's possible. Do you see how we begin to put all the different charts together based on what we see in the short term? And as we go out longer, the charts change, but we're always reading from the same book. We're just in different chapters. Now, we could have done this also on the 30-minute chart, but I waited until we got to the hourly chart and say, well, this could very well be a bear flag pattern. So we have conflicting information depending on which time frame we're looking at and what time of day, type of market we're looking at when we're looking at it. We can have a spike up early off these shorter-term charts early on Tuesday and still fail based on the longer-term charts. Both cases are completely possible. That's why we've got to look at all these charts. We've got to put the puzzle pieces on the table. We have to make an assessment based on the data we have. Sometimes the assessment is, it's just clear as mud. What happens when we go to a 120-minute chart? Does the picture become more clear? Well, to me, this is the picture. This is the first thing that comes to mind when I see this chart. Below all the moving averages, making a bear flag pattern. 
this will generally result in a continuation move to the downside. Now, until and unless this chart can get above those moving averages, then this is bearish. Now, what happens if they are making a run for those moving averages? What else are they doing? Well, right above those moving averages, we have the high of a breakdown candle high. The high comes in at 299.24. We'll just call it 299 for argument's sake. So you can see what would happen if we began to trade up Tuesday into that general zone. Might look good right out of the chute, but we're still going to run into overhead resistance. What's the way the market can get through overhead resistance? Well, it can get through by trading through it. It can grind through it. Or it can also jump over it first thing in the morning. We can have a gap above overhead resistance just the same as we can have a gap down below support. So by the same token, we're talking about a potential gap higher in the morning. What would happen in the event, for example, the market gapped below 295.48, came back to test that level and started trading away in the southern direction? I'm here to tell you that would be a bad, bad situation for the market, bad situation for the bulls. Could the market, out of this bearish wedge pattern or bear flag pattern, could it make a run for or a test of 295.48 or the 100 period moving average and still recover, stay bullish, and trade north once again? Yes, it could. If the market was trading, not gapping below, but trading down to that area, let's just say 295.5, 296, what do we call that? Well, we can call it two things. It could be retesting a former breakout area. We gapped up. So anywhere in this zone is considered a breakout area. So we can't split hairs if the market comes back down here, tests it, and takes off again. We can't split hairs and say, well, they already came back to test the former breakout area down here or here. Well, there's no hard and fast rule that says the market can't come down to test 295 and a half. So the second thing we call that area is close to risk. What's our objective when we're placing trades? Our objective is obviously to win. When we enter a trade, we're 100% sure each and every time that we're going to win. The reason is, is because we've taken the trade at the right price, at the right time, with the right trade setup, all those things that come right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. However, we're also completely aware of the fact we're not going to win every trade. So therefore, we always have to know where we're wrong. In this case, we know where we're wrong and we're close to risk. The risk is where we're wrong. Those are the types of things that come to mind when I bring up the 120-minute chart. And that about completes the cycle for the SPY. We're not going to really find anything mind-blowing that we haven't already discussed. So we're going to move on and take a peek over at Camp IWM. We said this market was teetering. It's still teetering. The gap is 153.63. We went into it today. They closed it at 153.68, leaving everyone guessing the IWM is teetering. We have no choice, but we have to look at this both ways. First, the bull case. From here, it's a bullish flag pattern. It's consolidating. All it's doing is eating time off the clock, building energy, 
for a continuation move, but yet building energy to bust through that trend line that we've been discussing. And it's more obvious when you look at it from a weekly chart perspective. Are they building energy to bust through that trend line or are they being rejected making another lower high? It is the $64,000 question. The IWM was down slightly today. It was lagging the S&P 500. That's something. It's our favorite market leading indicator. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's a big puzzle piece because of both items. It could be winding up for a rocket ride higher and a lot higher, or it could be melting down and the rest of the market is going to follow suit. We just have to continue watching until one of the markets or the IWM itself gives us a bona fide signal in one direction or the other. We've been watching the VIX, down on the VIX. Friday was up on the VIX. Thursday was down. This is just a basket of mashed potatoes. Below the moving averages, it's the bear case. Staying above 12 and a quarter, which is the low of this breakup candle, staying above 12 and a quarter on daily chart closes is at least something for the bull case for the VIX. But right here, this seems to be the dominant pattern that's developing. So we've basically come down from wherever you want to measure it from, and we've got this dominant bear flag pattern that seems to be developing. I'm not suggesting the VIX is going down to 6 bucks or anything like that. I'm just saying, until and unless it can get up and go, as long as we stay above 12 and a quarter... It's okay, but it's just going to banter back and forth down here until it can get up and go. It's got to get up and go above the 100 period moving average. It's got to fill that gap. It's got to close above that gap. And that's the first order of business in order to have higher prices in the VIX. What's doing down at the transportation department? Nothing new today. The range was similar to the SPY. It was up, it was down, and it finished basically where it started. So that gives us Nothing to work with. We've got the same deal we had from the last or weekend video. Above all the moving averages, technically nothing wrong with the VIX on the daily chart, but we are making this channel. This is a channel that could also be deemed a bear wedge pattern. It's long. It's got a pretty wide range in terms of points, so it can continue to trade inside this channel, which has a lot of points from top to bottom as we've seen so big moves in the transports are likely still on the table what about out in silicon valley do we see anything materially new or different or interesting on the chart of the queues and the answer is other than the fact that it was a pretty good update for the queues today nothing we're in an uptrend we're above all the moving averages we had the fugly candle from friday and we basically have a pair of bookends around day fugly but at the end of the day the cues are in an uptrend there's nothing wrong with this market until and unless there is one thing to keep in mind unlike the iwm the cues never filled this gap they came up three pennies short friday they made a higher low and traded away from it today so they never did fill this gap that was left open 190.66 from the 9th of july it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. If the cues were to begin trading in the southern direction, we know it's a similar story to the SPY. Are they going down to fill the gap or 
Did they have their chance? We don't want sloppy seconds, and that's the time they don't turn around and go back in the northern direction. We have to keep both things in mind, but just note they have not filled that gap. Is that bullish and they trade away from it, or do they come back down and try and get it? If they come back down and try and get it, I'm not necessarily in the bullish camp. How about the XLF? Anything doing in the XLF? Up 9 cents, one-third of 1%, basically bounced off the 20-period moving average. We're in an uptrend above all the moving averages. Nothing's changed. That's all we need to know. There's no new information available in the XLF. How about the SMH, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index exchange-traded fund? We talked about this on Friday. It's interesting. The weekend video, we discussed the fact that it wasn't down really at all on Friday. It was just a tracking error, a margin of error. The market was down, but the SMH was basically cemented where it was. Well, guess what? That turned out to be bullish. It's up 2% today, two and a half bucks. It's in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with the SMH. It's bullish until and unless it's not. A little bit of a twist tonight. I made a promise that I would cover the EFA. So before we dig in a little bit to the chart, let's understand what EFA is. It's essentially a global proxy. It's an exchange-traded fund that tracks the index of developed markets basically throughout Europe, Australia, and the Far East. So it's a global look at what global markets are doing. So what do we see on the daily chart? Let's go through this like we go through everything else. If we take it from down here, we see that it's been very wild lately. But just the last move, essentially, it's the same bull flag pattern that we can make a case for until and unless we begin trading below and certainly closing below this low right here that puts us basically below the moving averages. The low is 65.18. This is a reversal day. The market, in this case the EFA, has to stay above that level on daily closes in order to continue trading higher or at least make a run for, and looks like that's what it's doing now, consolidating to trade up and through its 20-period moving average. This chart is a little choppy. You can't really get the big picture. You don't get the whole story from the daily chart. You don't know what happened all the way to the left. And we need to know. So what do we do? Let's go over to a weekly chart. And by the way, before we do, here's the hourly chart. What is this doing? This is a bull flag pattern. Why is this going on? Is something setting up getting ready for global central bank shenanigans? Now here's the weekly chart. So on the weekly chart, we've seen this before in a variety of different markets. We can certainly make a case that this is consolidating to get through the 100-period moving average and trade higher. Had every opportunity to get rejected. Looks like the other markets. We basically made a run-up. We had essentially a pullback, and we're consolidating to try and go higher again. Is this the classic ABC pattern? Are we going to complete or higher above the high of the A leg? Are we going to complete above the high of the A leg? That's one way to look at this. And the reason why we have to look at it this way is because we're above three out of the four moving averages. We're sandwiched in between and we really haven't been rejected with force from this area. Therefore, that tells us 
the other side of the coin is likely showing face, which is, if not being rejected from this area, this was a normal garden variety retracement. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader understand from high to low, we've now retraced a pretty important portion of that move. So are they working their way into a position to test higher prices? If not being rejected, that is what's going on. The other side of the coin is we have high, we have a lower high, we have a lower high, a lower high. What's going to happen here? Are we going to buck the trend and trade through and challenge at least this pivot right here? It's possible. It's where we are in the chart, and it's what I see from where I sit. And right now, that looks like a pretty good place to pull the ripcord tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.